0: Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast.
1: Back and better than ever, Greeny with you, presented by Progressive Insurance. My guests on the Goodyear hotline, and there's plenty of them today. Jeff Darlington, my NFL insider extraordinaire in 15 minutes. All this trade stuff, all this tag stuff, all this DAC stuff, all this Deshaun stuff. We'll get to the bottom of all of that. Super Bowl champion Scotty Miller will join us in this hour. Mark Schlereth a little bit later today. The list is presidential, as is the theme of the day. We got Hembo, we got Bubba, we got Nuno. Let's go. Here we go. Go, go. Only one
0: place to start.
1: Only one place to start, and that is on this President's Day with the beginning of the presidential theme. I am particularly excited about today's green list, which will be presidential in nature, and it is One of the first lists that we have done that is not sports-related. I've promised you that the lists will not always be sports-related, and this one will not be. It will be presidential-themed, and I'm looking forward to it. But we're going to sprinkle in some stuff all day, and we'll make this straight talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Dwight D. Eisenhower, former president of the United States, and a fine golfer, by the way, a member at Augusta in his day. He has a great quote here that I was sent that I love. Dwight Eisenhower said, quote, when I was a boy growing up in Kansas, a friend of mine and I went fishing. And as we sat there on the warmth of a summer afternoon, we talked about what we wanted to do when we grew up. I told him I wanted to be a Major League Baseball player, a genuine professional like Honus Wagner. My friend said he would like to be the president of the United States. In the end, neither of us got our wish. That is a quote from Dwight D. Eisenhower, former president of the United States. And it is just the beginning of what will be a presidential-themed day today here with Greeny. By the way, one little note here on Dwight Eisenhower. Ambos typing things in here for me that are awesome. Do you know what Dwight Eisenhower did on November 9th, 1912? You know he was a, generated, a a decorated general. You know he was the president of the United States. I knew that he was a member of Augusta National. But I did not know this. On November 9th of 1912, Dwight Eisenhower was injured tackling Jim Thorpe thorpe had just won gold at the 1912 summer olympics in stockholm ike was a cadet at west point they played each other in football and dwight eisenhower got hurt tackling jim (laughs) thorpe how about that for presidential trivia you will not get that absolutely anywhere else all right we're getting this thing started here on espn radio so from the pres to the king We got some injury concerns right now in Los Angeles. And if you were not with us uh, on Get Up this morning on TV and you've not yet heard, in a game that was played very late last night, Los Angeles and Denver, the Lakers and the Nuggets, The Lakers took a seven-game win streak in there and lost Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis, who had missed a couple of games with an Achilles injury with tendinosis, as it is being described. I don't know what the difference is between tendinosis and tendinitis. My disheveled board operator is Bubba. Bubba, I I know that you have an an extraordinary and a lengthy medical understanding of things. What exactly is the difference, Dr. Bubba, between tendinosis and tendinitis?
0: Yeah, well... um the tendinosis is um, when it's a no, and then the tendinitis is when it's uh,
1: you know, it's a, a bit of a tendinitis. That's well played. Straight talk, wireless, no contract, no compromise. I don't know the answer either. I probably would have given it a better go than that. But one way or another, it has been re-aggravated. Whatever his tendinosis was and whatever it is, it has now been re-aggravated, and they're doing an MRI. But the expectation is he's going to be out a while. I had Woj live on Get Up today, and he said, don't expect to see AD back soon. They believed last night that there's no, they don't believe there's any significant damage. He had missed the previous two games um, with soreness in that Achilles. It's been bothering him for a couple weeks, and and I think he's going to, he and the Lakers uh, are going to continue to try to take the long view on this, and that may mean him having to sit for a period of time. So a period of time, and I did follow up on that with Woj, um, a a period of time is a very nonspecific response, and and that is the only one we can give. Anthony Davis is going to be out a while. That is a team thinking championship thoughts. And Anthony Davis is a player who has missed 122 games in his career. Injuries have always ailed him. It just hasn't happened much as a Laker. Remember, last year was such an unusual circumstance because they played – most of a season. Then they got this lengthy break. He got to be incredibly rested and healthy going into the playoffs. Circumstances were what they were. That's not what we're dealing in now. This is a guy who has been hurt a lot. And so if there was one thing that could derail the Laker Express, this clearly is it. And maybe it has. We will see. We will see how long it is. If we get the results of the MRI, you will certainly hear it immediately. Here uh, and the what was that? I'm sorry, uh,
0: Bubba. I said I have the uh, difference
1: between the oh, two now. Okay, excellent. Please, uh, the doctors figured it out. If you would be so kind, uh, Bubba, my medical expert, uh, just to give you some indication of, of the um, of, of the budget of this show, like yeah. the, the best doctor I could afford on this show is Bubba. Yeah, we've since figured it out. Go ahead. What so, is the injury?
0: Tendinitis is the inflammation of the tendon, but tendinosis is a chronic condition involving the deterioration of collagen in the tendon.
1: So it's deterioration of the tendon. I feel further from understanding this than I was before you I began.
0: I think I understand it pretty clearly.
1: I, I don't know. I, so what you're telling me is that tendonitis is something temporary and tendinosis is something permanent? Is that what I'm understanding? I mean, that t- that's what I'm seeing. You know, tendonitis is inflammation of the tendon. Which is
0: temporary. Tendin- tendinosis. Tendinosis. <laughs> As I said originally, the no, yeah, you don't want the tendinosis, right. the no, right? Emphasis, emphasis, emphasis on the no. Chronic condition, chronic, involving
1: deterioration of collagen. See, those are bad words. You lost me in, in collagen, the tendon. Here's the problem: both deterioration and chronic are very bad words to associate with any injury and particularly one that has basically become the worst injury you can have in sports. I'm old enough to remember a time when the ACL was like the death sentence for an athlete. There was nothing worse that could happen than tearing up your knee. And medical science is such that the ACL is now, you're going to be out maybe up to a year, and then you're going to come back, and we can make that knee better than it ever was before. I remember when Bernard King, who was my favorite basketball player ever in the early 80s, tore up his knee, and we cried. He was lying on the court crying, and we cried as fans because we thought that's the last we'll ever see of Bernard King. He never came back as a Nick. He did come back in Washington, but that's neither here nor there. That was the injury everyone didn't want to get. Now it's, of course, the Achilles. And the the scariest part of the Achilles is not so much the time you miss, but that frequently you don't ever come back the same as you were beforehand. So they will, they will, they will take no chances with this whatsoever and we'll see where it winds up going one way or another I'm glad we were able to get to the bottom to whatever (laughs) limited degree we just did to the bottom of that injury I have a ton of other basketball stuff I want to get to today including something the league did over the weekend that I loved but they didn't go nearly far enough we got all the trade stuff with Jeff Darlington we got the green list today which is presidential themed and it's going to be awesome all that and more we're just getting started on this President's Day edition of Greeny on ESPN Radio.
0: Greeny the podcast
1: we roll along here this is Greeny on ESPN radio presented by Progressive Insurance NFL insider Jeff Darlington will join me on the Goodyear hotline in just 30 seconds from right now I'll spend those 30 seconds reminding you of ZipRecruiter finding great candidates to hire can be like trying to find a needle in a haystack sure you can post your job to some job board but then all you can do is hope the right person comes along which is why you should try ZipRecruiter instead its powerful technology actively finds and invites qualified candidates to apply to your job. It's no wonder that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. See for yourself. Right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash G-R-E-E-N-Y. Is Jeff there? Jeff ready to go? Uh, We'll take that as a yes. Jeff Darlington is my NFL insider extraordinaire, and he is with me here on ESPN Radio. Good morning, Jeff Darlington. Greeny, what's going on, man? Well, listen, you're the one with all the news, and I I just kind of want to set the table for the week because there's just so much going on in that sport. I was making the the observation uh, on TV this morning that the NFL now has a hot stove league that has become (laughs) the most interesting of any sport. Like, hot stove is a term that came from baseball, it worked its way to the NBA, where the NBA had an offseason, still does sometimes, these free agency periods that can be fascinating. But Great right, th- th- but Jeff, the, the NFL's off season right now is out of control. Yeah, well, I mean, I remember,
2: I think it was, was it two years ago? I-, I can't remember, about two years ago, I remember saying something on NFL Live, like, I've never seen a quarterback carousel like it might have been last year, like the one we're about to see. And and uh, and I I felt that and meant it, and I think I can say it again that we're about to see one that exceeds anything we've seen before in terms of the potential. We'll start with the potential of quarterbacks moving around the league, and and I'll be I'd be
1: willing to say that by the end of this thing, it, it will be a reality. All right, I want to focus for this conversation on three names. Because they seem like the most immediate ones. Uh, Deshaun Watson is, I guess, the biggest one, but that's out sure. there, and I, I don't, I don't think anyone thinks that's going to happen anytime, particularly soon. Let's start with Roethlisberger in Pittsburgh. That's the one that feels like it's got to get done basically immediately. The cap number going into next year is completely unmanageable. It's over $41 Mm -hmm. million. His longtime teammate and center Marquise Pouncey is retiring. We had a bunch of conversation on TV this morning about whether it is actually not in everyone, well, at least in the franchise's best interest to start moving in a new direction immediately. What is your sense of what's going to happen with Roethlisberger?
2: See the funny thing is, my sense on this one, if if I was uh, if I was a gambling man, I would think that Roethlisberger is the week one starter in Pittsburgh. I, look, to me, I don't know if stubborn is the right word, but but Big Ben, in a in a good way, in somewhat of a good way, is a pretty stubborn guy. Like, mm-hmm. he, I don't think he's the type to go gracefully. <laughs> Put it that way, and I could see him potentially renegotiating his deal to help with that cap number, but just. Um, from the standpoint that I don't see him just retiring, and I I also have a difficult time seeing him going to another team. So for me, I think that it makes, to your point, it makes the most organizational sense to try to start foreseeing the future. They have not yet done that in terms of of putting his successor in place. Again, like I said, there's a number of quarterbacks on on the carousel right now. Uh, Something crazy could happen, but to me, that one feels like Big Ben will play one more year and be done.
1: Yeah. I think that's what he wants. But the question is yeah. whether or not okay. that's the best thing for the Steelers.
2: No. No, I agree with that. But, but again, we can only say what the best thing for the Steelers is if we know what the succession plan is. Does that mean they won't go down that? Uh, I would imagine they're a pretty diligent team, and they will. I just don't know that ultimately at the end of that conversation, given the compensation it's going to require to get another, like, legitimate guy to replace him, that's where I think in, at the end of this, Bill will up saying, look, the best thing for us right now is one more year with Ben and move on.
1: Okay, That's fair. The, the next one that is uh, that feels immediate to me is Carson Wentz, um, yeah, where we expected something to happen quickly. And, and now I'm reading the tea leaves. Jeff, you tell me if I'm reading this right. The Eagles had it in their minds that people were going to be mm-hmm. a, interested in giving up a lot more for Carson Wentz than has actually been the case. Is that what's happening? Yeah, I'm
2: fascinated by the narrative that suggests that Carson Wentz is the same as, as Jared Goff with the Rams. Uh, Jared Goff getting two first-round picks, yes, had to do with the salary dump, but like, I understand people want to lump Goff and Wentz into the same bubble, but we're still talking about, I, I don't know. They're, they're, to me, there's a difference in the sense that the Eagles organization you know, moves in a different direction with their coach. The Rams were getting rid of Goff in a sense because he wasn't working uh, with with McVeigh. So for me, when it comes to Wentz, like, I just don't think if they're expecting to get the same amount of compensation that that's going to happen. That being said, I do think it eventually gets done. And to lay out the timeline here, March 19th is the deadline for them to have to pay Wentz $10 million of an off-season bonus. It's got to happen before March 19th. But I think we talked about this on the show last week. The best move for the Eagles is to try to do it while they have the most leverage. So if they can get two teams in a bidding war, they got to pull the trigger now before one of those teams goes in a different direction. Is, we all know in sales, yeah. you got to
1: do that. you got to have two, two bidders. It is, are those two teams the Colts and the Bears? That's what we hear everywhere.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's that's what it feels like to me. Again, um, if I'm Howie Roseman, I'm going to make sure that everybody thinks that it's the Colts and the Bears. Uh, we went through this with Tom Brady a little bit last year. There were some suitors in there that weren't as legitimate as others. And, uh, and as such, um, I think we'll see that this year with a number of guys, the first of which will be Wentz. And then it'll probably happen with Watson as well.
1: The cap hit on Carson Wentz over the next four seasons is $132 million. The only bigger ones are Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson. So that, that that that's one of the big questions here, right? It seems to me if you're the Eagles and you're clearly starting over, one of the things you want to do is get out from under that contract, and and that that to me is where the comparison to golf comes in. You're right, maybe the players 100%. aren't the same. Yeah. Go ahead.
2: No, you no, you're right, and it is about unloading the contract. That's first and foremost for sure. Both of those guys with massive cap hits to their organizations, um, like I, I just I think both teams are really going to be hand by the fact that they're they're essentially having to after giving up what they had to give up to get to the point where they could draft these guys, both of which traded up to like, now they're dealing with the fact that they've got to eat dead cap space that they basically surrendered by extending these guys in the first place. It's a brutal task for
1: both front offices. That's exactly right. Golf, by the way, is fourth on that list over the next four years. The biggest cap hits in the sport are Patrick Mahomes. Number one, Deshaun Watson. Number two, Carson Wentz. Number three and Jared Goff. Uh, Number four. That's...
2: And, by, and, by, and by the way, Greeny, yeah. all the execs around the league will tell you, yeah, you can manage the salary cap, but the good ones also tell you that it's like using a credit card. Like you're kicking the can down the road, and at some point, you're going to have to pay that
1: tab. All right, exactly. That's, I mean, credit, there is nothing worse you can do in in, in life as a, as a person. I mean, I, I tell my kids this all the time. There's nothing worse than credit card debt. It, there's nothing worse and than that, spending money you don't have. And, and that's, that's
2: the best analogy for dead cap space, too. Yeah. It's burning through a credit card.
1: It, it's exactly right. That's you don't have to pay it all. I'm maxing out my card, and I'm, just, I'm paying the minimum. <laughs> like, they send me this other figure here, and I can just pay this much. <laughs> and look, Dad, everything is just fine. And I'll say, it doesn't work that exactly. way. You know? It's free till the end of the month. <laughs> exactly right. I, I just pay – look, I, I spend $1,000, and I pay $9 – and at the end of the month, nothing happens. How great is You're that, free. Dad? Zero percent. Zero percent APR, too. No exactly. problem. It's free. <laughs> it, just doesn't, it just doesn't work that way. And it doesn't work for, for, um, for football teams either. Uh, the third one I wanted to ask you about, and uh, the great Jeff Darlington is with me here with terrific insight into all this stuff, uh, is Dak Prescott. Because, um, you know, he who comments so frequent or infrequently on anything – Actually mm-hmm. wrote back on this Blake Jarwin Instagram, you know, saying, hey, the only way I see this happening is for me to come back and we run this back again together in Dallas. Um, that constitutes a lot of commentary from Dak Prescott these days. So yeah. what is the sense of what you have that that's that, going on down there?
2: Is, is he not like completely underrated in terms of the class that he shows mm-hmm. like it like. To me, if you're – I understand the the finance and the business side of things, but my God, this guy has handled everything perfectly. And I don't know if we we talk about that enough. Like, whenever we're talking about the narrative with Dak Prescott, it's always coming from the Cowboys' side. Like, yes, he is commanding a lot of money, but at some point the Dallas Cowboys have to recognize that it is in their best interest to have Dak Prescott as their franchise quarterback. Uh, If he runs it back on the franchise tag, which to me has never felt like something that that couldn't happen, I think – I honestly – would be willing to say it does. I think he goes the Kirk Cousins route, runs it back again, succeeds, and goes get, get paid a boatload of money, whether in Dallas or somewhere else. To me, I don't think it's. He has continued to bet on himself, and it hurt him last year when he suffered the injury. But here we are again saying he deserves just as much money as he did last year. So to me, if they don't re sign Dak Prescott, I still think he comes out ahead in the end.
1: Yep, that's probably right. I mean, Kirk Cousins has made more money in the last five years than any football player in any five-year stretch in NFL history. He's made more money than Rodgers or Wilson or anybody else during that time. And so, yes, I agree. I mean, the, the going the Kirk Cousins route has proved to be uh, extraordinarily good for Cousins, and it would be very good for Dak. It would be a disaster for the Cowboys, who will pay him 21% oh of their salary cap this year and then probably lose him for nothing. So, Jeff, that's, that's insane. mismanagement 101, <laughs> right?
2: It is. I mean, look, this could have gotten done, like, what, two years ago? And I get it. You know, it's funny, though, Greeny. All right, I'll, I'll play devil's advocate here, because we want to trash the Rams and the, the Eagles for giving the extensions to Wentz and Golf mm-hmm. before they really had to, and here they are sitting in a precarious spot because of it. And uh, in, in the same breath, we're saying, well, why didn't the, the Cowboys just pay them then? Look, I, 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 you know, as much as we can criticize, man, what a tough situation, And and the more we see it, we see teams pressured into trying to pay these guys going into their fourth season. Uh, it's a tough spot for a front office, but just as we've seen the punishment you can face as an organization with Wentz and Goff, we're seeing it right now in the complete opposite with Dak Prescott when it comes to not paying a guy soon enough.
1: That's why I tell everyone, Jeff, that this is the best job in sports. Because I don't g- so I, d- good. I don't get <laughs> judged. Based upon how (laughs) the decision looked at the time, (laughs) like, you know what I mean? Like these guys, they have to make that decision to your point then. And Uh, then they get judged by how it turns out, as opposed to (laughs) we get to sit here and say, well, why didn't you do that then, you (laughs) moron? But then these guys, we sit here and we say, well, why did you sign that guy? We can just sit here (laughs) after the fact and judge all of these decisions. And that's why this is so, so much of a better job than the people who make their livings the other way. It's good to be us, Greeny. It's It's good good to to be us. It's great to have you as always. Thank you, my friend. Jeff Darlington. We'll (laughs) talk soon. All right, this is Jeff Darlington, my insider on the Goodyear Hotline. Greeny with you presented by Progressive Insurance with insurance for cars, homes, boats, motorcycles, RVs, and commercial vehicles at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE or at Progressive.com. You ask these questions. Greeny's question of the day. So I have this question. I threw it up on Twitter yesterday because I just liked it. So I don't know how many people sat and watched the golf yesterday. Like, the Super Bowl comes and goes, and most people, I think, go through a bit of a withdrawal. And, and what I like to think is that the people who run golf know that, and they feel for us. And so if you love golf, they give you Pebble Beach and Riviera in back-to-back weeks <laughs> after that. And, and, and so they, they, throw, they, they give you Pebble Beach this weekend. And so I put a Twitter poll question up there. Which is the most telegenic golf course in America? Augusta National, or Pebble Beach? I also put in other. Other got 2.6% of the vote. So my question is, and, and, and a perfectly acceptable answer is, I don't watch golf, so I don't know and don't care. Bubba, what is your answer? What is the most telegenic golf course in America? Augusta National, Pebble Beach, or other? Bubba? Uh, I think Oh, uh, God. Uh, this, this is not that complicated. It's my a tough goodness. one. Do you watch golf? Not particularly. Okay, so then you can just say I don't watch golf and I don't have an answer. All right, I'm going to go with um,
0: the uh, Corson Cromwell right here in Connecticut. (laughs)
1: There's no no, no earthly reason why this should have taken this long. Yeah, I'm going with the uh, GHO right here in Hartford. He's going to go... (laughs) You're going to go with the with the with the TPC yeah, Cromwell, Greater Hartford Open over there. We are where they play the Travelers yeah, all those TPC, years. Yeah, uh, okay, Hart- TPC. Okay, TPC and Cromwell, very good. That's a ridiculous choice, but I appreciate it. Uh, Nuno, Nuno never chimes in on the show, but Nuno watches everything, and no one pays more attention to sports than Nuno. Nuno, what is the answer? What is the most telegenic golf course in America? I like Pebble. Pebble is number one. He goes Pebble one because of the ocean. Hembo.
3: I voted for Augusta National. Yeah,
1: I, it, to me, I would also go Augusta. And Augusta got 64% of the vote. But I think just the mere fact that it is a question worth, answer, or worth asking gives you an indication of just how beautiful that golf course is. And I will tell you that as much as I was in football withdrawal yesterday, not being able to have any football to watch, being able to sit back and watch some good golf at Pebble Beach made me feel much, much better. Better, but speaking of football, my next guest is ready to go. Hey, when you gift a year of ESPN Plus, you know you want to give a gift to somebody. Give them a year of ESPN Plus. Here's what you're giving: you're giving thousands of live events, exclusive originals, the full 30 for 30 library, and more. Surprise the sports fan in your life with a year of ESPN Plus. Visit a giftayear for more details.
4: Book 58.
1: All right, I think you can make a pretty good argument that my next guest made the single biggest play of the entire NFL season. The touchdown that he caught in the final second of the NFC Championship game from Tom Brady completely turned that game. And the Buccaneers never looked back on their way to a Super Bowl championship. Scotty Miller, Super Bowl champ, is with me on the Goodyear Hotline. Congratulations, Scotty Miller. I am not hearing, Scotty, guys. Is anyone uh, can, I'm confirming that I'm not the only one? Go ahead, Scotty. Can you try that again? Okay, I'm not hearing him, so I'm not sure how that is going to work here. Someone give me a sense of what we should do here. Again, that play is extraordinary. Um, and as Scotty Miller, again, after all of the stuff that happened, running down there and making that catch, Tom Brady actually averages more yards per attempt, targeting Scotty Miller than any other player he's ever played with. And no player has had has put up the kind of production on catches from Tom Brady, including Randy Moss, as Scotty Miller has. And he's been (laughs) such an incredibly important part of what they've done. And as you can tell, we're having a little trouble with that connection. Uh, Bubba, you tell me, should I go on to something else here or do we think we're going to be able to work that out with Scotty Miller? do something else for right now okay so we will hopefully get scotty miller in here because there's a lot of things i want to ask him about that we will get into i will also tell you that on this president's day we have the green list coming up here in just a few minutes and you're going to love today's list but hembo has been working diligently on putting together some trivia so let's do that while we wait and see if we can figure this out because i was I, i i have not seen the answers to these questions
3: so i will try and guess along with you go ahead hembo Greeny, which U.S. president was offered the role of Major League Baseball Commissioner after his presidency? Which U.S. president was offered the role of Major League Baseball Commissioner after his presidency? Okay, I feel the the role of commissioner only goes back to
1: like 1920-ish, right? So that, it has to be a relatively recent, and by that I mean the last hundred years, let's say. the only There was no commissioner before that. Now... Uh, George W. Bush was a former baseball owner and and loved the sport and and loves the sport, but it's not him. I just I remember the conversation around that. Could he become the commissioner of baseball? It, it, it that was never going to happen. I can't picture it with. It certainly wasn't like Reagan. It wasn't. I'm going back in my head over all the presidents. It's going to be way further back than that. It's going to go back to like. It like can't it can't be FDR because he died in office. More recently than that. It's more recent than that. Mm. It's more recent than that?
3: He is probably considered the biggest baseball fan among all presidents, at least of the last hundred years.
1: Well, I'm just, I mean, there's only so many people it could be. It, 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 it could be Harry Truman. It can't be Kennedy. It can't
3: be LBJ. It's certainly not Nixon. It is Nixon. It is Richard Nixon.
1: Get the hell out of here. Richard Nixon was offered the job of being commissioner of Major League Baseball? He was
3: indeed. After he resigned, he was offered the job of Major League Baseball commissioner.
1: <laughs> Get out of here That's impossible no,
3: Nixon I'm once looking said, right at you Nixon once said I don't know a lot About politics But I do know a lot About baseball Okay hold everything Hold everything Richard Nixon After
1: Watergate yes. I've said this many times One of the first Memories I have As a human being Was of Nixon resigning mm-hmm. I remember that That was 1974 I was uh, I was like Six years old When it happened So I remember Watching the TV With my parents When Nixon resigned So Nixon resigns in disgrace, would have been impeached by both sides. I mean, we're sitting here talking about, you know, how impeachment works today. Like, no one was going to defend him then. He goes, and he was offered the job of being the commissioner of Major League Baseball. That's impossible. I'm reading
3: from PBS. He was even offered a job as commissioner of Major League Baseball after resigning the presidency.
1: That is astonishing to me. Who, who was making that offer? Like, who was it that was sitting around thinking, all right, guys, throw it around the room. We need somebody to be the next commissioner of Major League Baseball. Who you got?
3: I don't know. How about Nixon? Fire that guy. <laughs> like, I, am, I am seeing somewhat conflicted reports about the date, however. So I, I'm, I'm seeing that Robin Roberts and Jim Bunning, Bob Friend and Rocky Calavito were sent to convince him to be the next commissioner. But I'm seeing conflicting dates. I'm seeing 1965. And I'm also seeing after he resigns. Okay, so, so 1965 get to the bottom
1: of that. makes a lot more sense to me. That would be after he ran against Kennedy Correct. and lost, mm-hmm. but then he ran again and won in one in sixty-eight and one in seventy-two and resigned in seventy-four. <laughs> 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 so I find it very difficult. I'm going to question the veracity okay. of that statistic because, again, I just there's just no way in the world that who in their right mind is thinking, you know, we really need a commissioner for this sport. Who can we go to? Hey, guys, hear about the president resigned, an abject disgrace, tried to, you know, all the stuff that he tried to do. We all understand what he did over there, Watergate, et cetera, et cetera, deep throat, that whole thing, all the president's men. (laughs) Why don't we ask him? We got nobody else. We got literally Richard Nixon, it would seem to me, in 1974 or five, is the guy you hire to be the commissioner of baseball (laughs) – If the other seven billion people on the planet turn it down, you would have to have offered that job to me, six years of age, and little Michael Greenberg, growing up in New York City on Bleecker Street, ring the doorbell, ding dong, and Mr. and Mrs. Greenberg, well, could Michael be the commissioner of Major League Baseball? No, he's got to finish first grade? Okay,
3: then we'll give it to Nixon. Nixon refused, stating he had, quote, other things on his mind.
1: I would think so. (laughs) I would think, I would think if you have just resigned and disgraced the presidency of the United States, that you have other things on your mind. All right. We're going to try and get Scotty Miller into the, into the conversation here. I have a lot of things I want to ask him. I've got a sensational green list today that is presidential in theme, all that, and a whole lot more. Mark Schlereth later on the program, stick around because we're rolling along on this president's
4: day. Back in a flash on ESPN radio. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around
2: must be 21 plus and present in select states gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER terms and conditions apply see app for details
0: greeny the podcast
1: we roll along greeny with you on espn radio we uh if you were listening a little while ago we had some technical difficulties getting scotty miller of the bucks on the air i really want to talk to him today and so i'm told he can work it out To join us in a half hour. So we'll have Scotty Miller in our next hour. Apologies for a little technical issue there. It's just the way the world works sometimes. But we will have him coming up live a little bit later today. Mark Schlereth as well. But right now.
3: The list is what determines who matters in this business.
0: The Green List.
1: I am super excited about this one. So I told you when we began that. 99 out of 100 days, the green list, my personal top five, as voted on and decided exclusively by me, the world's foremost authority on all matters, will be sports-related. It'll be the top five, this, that, or the other from sports. But again, I am the world's foremost authority on all matters. So on this President's Day, we've taken a little bit of a departure, and we are going to list my top five fictional presidents. So television shows, movies... Books, although there are no books represented on this list. So these are the top five fictitious presidents in American pop culture. Number five. Number five is Martin Sheen as President Bartlett on the West Wing.
4: That's the ten-word answer my staff's been looking for for two weeks. There it is. Ten-word answers can kill you in political campaigns. They're the tip of the sword. Here's my question. What are the next 10 words of your answer? Your taxes are too high, so are mine. Give me the next 10 words. How are we going to do it? Give me 10 after that. I'll drop out of the race right now.
1: He was very good on that. Did you watch that show, Hembo? Of course not. What do you mean, of
3: course not? I mean, I, I, I was born in 1990. I, that, that show is, I was 10 years old when that show came out. This, uh, is, this, is, this is beyond me.
1: Remind me never to ask you a question again. Uh, Bubba, did you watch The West Wing? Uh, I did not. No, I intru- I would like to watch it, though. <laughs> what the hell is the matter with you people? It's one of the best shows in I television know. history, and Martin Sheen was brilliant in that role. He's number five, President Bartlett, on the list of the greatest fictitious presidents that we have seen in pop culture. Number four. All right, if you didn't see the movie Air Force One, I'm done with you. Harrison Ford as President Marshall on Air Force One was awesome, if only because he had this line.
4: Get off my plane. Get
1: off my plane. Harrison Ford as the he was born some people were just born to play the president. <laughs> Harrison Ford, he started out as hand solo, then he became Indiana Jones, and then he just became the president. No one looks like they should be the president more than Harrison Ford. And that's a good movie. Have you seen the movie Air Force One? I've not seen the movie Air Force oh, for One. I was in second long. grade when this movie came. Bubba, out. did you see the movie Air Force One? Yeah, I'm pretty sure I've seen it. (laughs) What the hell is going on here? Okay, if you didn't see this next one, then we're really going to have a problem. Number three. Number three is Bill Pullman as President Whitmore in the movie Independence Day. Now, I know that you're young, but you have to have seen Independence Day. I was in
3: first grade. I've not seen this movie.
1: Bubba, have you seen Independence
3: Day? I have definitely seen this, yes.
1: Independence Day was a blockbuster, one of the huge blockbusters of its or any time. And the speech he gives before they go and they're going to conquer the people who were coming from the other planet, the aliens who were taken over Earth, and all of Earth comes together to fight on Independence Day. The speech is epic. And should we win the day, the 4th of July will no longer be known as an American holiday.
4: But as the day when the world declared in one voice, we will not go quietly into the night... We will not vanish without a fight. We're going to live on. We're going to survive. Today, we celebrate our Independence Day.
1: Come on! Come on! You're telling me you're not fired up from that?
3: I'm fired up, but I've just never You
1: have to see that movie. I need older staff. (laughs) I need a staff that has lived a little. I got all these... Bubba, you know the movie, right? Oh yeah, I've seen it. It's great. Nuno, mm-hmm. no. you know the movie. You I've this- watched it, yep. What's that? Yeah, I've watched it. It's great. It's great. The enthusiasm is waiting. Devin. We got Devin over there in the corner. Devin, did your parents see that movie?
3: <laughs> I, I made my parents watch that movie. Yeah. Okay.
1: That is a classic scene and a classic speech. And it is number three on the list of my favorite presidential fictional. President. Number two. All right. Number two is Kevin Klein as Dave. I'm not even going to bother asking if you've seen that movie. It is a great movie. D- Kevin Klein plays a guy who looks just like the president and he makes money as a presidential, um, in, um, what's the word? Imitator. Yeah. Im- Im- impersonator. And and the president has, like, a stroke, and so they don't want the world to know the president has a stroke. So they bring this guy in, and he is the president. And But he is actually a person with a soul and some decency as opposed to the actual president in the movie, and it is just phenomenal.
2: So we're spending $47 million so that somebody can feel better about a car that they've already
0: bought? Yes, sir, but I wouldn't characterize it that. Way. No, no, I'm sure that's important, but I don't want to tell some
1: 8-year-old kid that he's got to sleep in the street because we want people to feel better about their car. Do you want to tell them that? It is it is such a good movie, and his humanity. Kevin Klein is so good in that movie. Every person my age is nodding along with this list. I'm telling all of you that right now. So that's five, four, three, and two. But number one, number one, number one, is my friend Christopher Jackson, who played George Washington in Hamilton. And I'm telling you right now, if you haven't seen it. Go to Disney Plus and watch it. I say that not because I work here, but because it is absolute genius. And Christopher Jackson is brilliant. He plays George Washington. He's as good as anybody in it. He's also the only person on this list whose phone number I have in my contacts. (laughs) And as a consequence of that, he's ahead of Harrison Ford, Martin Sheen, and anybody else. Millisecond, let down my guard and tell the people how I feel a second. Now, I'm the model of a modern major general, the venerated Virginian general whose men are all lining up, embellishing my eloquence and elegance. He's phenomenal. Phenomenal. And Christopher Jackson is awesome in that. He sings one last time. He's got an unbelievable voice. And so he is number one. That is today's green list of my top five fictitious or fictional presidents in history. As, as chosen by me and as ruined by the youth of my staff who had no, no bearing, no concept at all of how good that list was. All right, Hemba, we need you to do something today. So you've got
3: <coughs> presidential
1: trivia. What's the question?
3: Which U.S. president helped institutionalize the forward pass in football?
1: I'm going to need to be institutionalized if you guys don't know some of my list. All right, I'll answer that question next.
4: We know talent. Visit RobertHalf.com today.